Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Message series. We've been talking about one thing is needful. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because of your anointing. Thank you, Father God, because our lives and ministries are supernaturally changed and charged in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've been talking about the concept of one thing that is needful in ministry. And what we've been trying to drive is is that Mary spent time at the feet of Jesus listening to the words of Jesus. And that we can be so busy in ministry sometimes that we don't have time to listen to Jesus. Not to talk to him, but to listen to him. So we must get that clear. Because spending time with God in the context of our teaching is not just talking to God. It is the ability to listen to him so you can hear what he is saying to you. The instructions of God in ministry makes all the difference. And the thing about this is God is constantly speaking. God is constantly communicating. And so the the greatest um, discipline of the minister of the gospel is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, Now, to sit connotes a place of listening with rest. Right? Like I'm here to listen. I'm not standing. I'm not in a hurry to hear what you have to say. You know why um, a waiter never sits down when he's taking orders? Why? Because if, a, if I mean, some of you have gone to restaurants. I know some of you think going to restaurants is a waste of money. You know, there are people like that, just a bit of digression. There are people like that you can never buy food for. Just go to the restaurant. Say, how much is this? It's 1,005. For what? Rice. And then they calculate. A bag of rice is 16,000. There are seven baskets in the rice. There are three cups in a basket. One and a half cup in there. Ah, I say, this is, this can buy like 10 cups. You see, you must realize that. <laughs> well, let's leave that. When you go to the restaurant, and you are taking an order, the waiter never sits. You know why? Because you are not having a, a conversation. You are about to give instructions. We're not, we're not like getting into the presence of God with that mentality of, we're just coming to take instructions and then we're dashing out. No. We sit at His feet. It's like, Father, we've come to spend time with you. To listen to your words. To listen to your words. If you go to Zechariah chapter 4. I'll show you something that we'll build. I want to build on the life of Samuel today. We're looking at one thing is needful. This is part 3. Zechariah chapter 4. And we are going to read verse 6. Zechariah chapter 4. And verse 6, 
It says, Then he answered, And spake unto me, Can we use the Amplified? You guys like King James here. Praise God. Amplified. Let's use Amplified. There's a word I want to pick up. Thank you. Then he said to me, This addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive tree. I like the way the New Amplified Version puts it. He said, then he said to me, this continuous supply of oil, continuous supply of oil, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Saying, now he is trying to to explain the continuous supply of oil. Right. Because you remember this story. You guys are pastors, so you know this. He's got the vision. He saw the vision that there was oil always going into the lamb. And now, this is the interpretation of the vision that Zerubbabel saw. He says, so that, that continuous supply of oil that you see, he says, this is what the Lord is saying. That it is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord. Now, this particular scripture will not make meaning to you until you begin to read further. So let's go to verse 7. Verse 7 now says, For who are you, O great mountain of human obstacles, before Zerubbabel? Let's just leave all of that. Okay, let's, let's read it. Who with Joshua had led the return of the exiles from Babylon and was undertaking the rebuilding of the temple before him, you shall become a plain, a mere mohir, and he shall bring forth the finishing gabble stone of the new temple with loud shoutings of the people crying grace, grace to it. These two verses explain a lot to us about ministry. Here, God has given them an assignment to rebuild the temple. And that assignment to rebuild the temple was only going to take the factor of grace. Now, or defined as grace. Now, the Bible says that the angel said, who is that mountain that stands before Zerubbabel? But before then, he says, listen, this thing you are about to accomplish is not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. That means that some people will try to accomplish things by might. That means some people will try to accomplish things by what? By power. But it says on this particular assignment, it's not going to be by any of those two models of operation. It's going to be rather the third factor, which is going to be by my spirit. Now, if it is by my spirit, then there's going to be a continuous flow of supply of that spirit lighting the oil. Remember we talked about the Zadok priesthood yesterday? Not coming into the presence of God sweating? I mean, and if we're honest, a lot of us are doing ministry from that sweating position. There's so much sweat. So much sweat. So much competition. So much fight. Agitation. How many of you know you can't do God's work without God's power? So much. 
Sometimes you even come to our churches, you don't even know whether it's a church or a business meeting. Because we we'll, have we'll adopted. I mean, sometimes you see what pastors are buying. I, I don't have anything with that, so don't mis- misinterpret me. I read why. But you go and you see some books pastors are buying. How the how how this guy ran Coca-Cola. <laughs> some are even reading 48 Laws of Power. Just just reading anything. Just how do we get this thing to work? How do you get this thing to work? Listen to me. You're no more concerned about the church than God who died for the church. Should you get your leadership right? Absolutely. Should you get other things right? Absolutely. But this thing is going to be by the Spirit. Praise God. I said this thing is going to be by what? By the Spirit. How many of you... Re, 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 um, how many of you... You know, I, I mean, I understand that. You know, sometimes we can say location is a problem to ministry. You know, I, I understand where people are coming from. But sometimes when I look at the life of John the Baptist, it almost flaws that theology. So the Bible says people were leaving the cities and going to the desert to hear what John was preaching. And he wasn't preaching a very nice message. He was calling them vipers, brood of vipers. In fact, he was almost insulting them. But they were still living the cities. There were synagogues in the cities. They were still living the cities and going right there to the desert. What was the difference about that? It was the introduction God gave to him. And there was a man who was sent from God. And his name was John. He was a burning and a shining light. See that thing again? He was a burning and a shining light. No, he burnt. He was a burning, continuous supply of flow of oil and a shining light. That was the introduction God gave to John. Very brief, one verse. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a burning and a shining light. Brief biography. I mean, sometimes you need to read what we write about ourselves. Fool. He has traveled to Asia, Malaysia. This, This all in a bit to just boost How do we access this grace? This oil? It's very simple. John 6.63 The words The words Am I right? That I speak unto you They are what? They are spirit And they are what? Life The words that I speak unto you They are spirit And they are what? Life so what is, what is the methodology of the transmission of grace? Words. Right? So every time we hear words from the mouth of the Father, spirit and life is imparted to us. Now you know what? It is this same reservoir of spirit and life we ought to go and dispense to people. So it's more like a seed at the feet of Jesus, Right? I get spirit and life. Right? And I come to church on Sunday. What do I do? I give to you out of the outflow of that spirit and life. Now this is what's going to happen. It will. It's going to be the same quality of spirit and life that you heard from Jesus that's going to flow from you to the people you minister to. That's why when the disciples ministered in the book of Acts, the Bible says when they saw what was going on and how they were preaching, they learned that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. They have sat at the feet of Jesus. He has poured himself on them. And so um, a couple of 
days later after Pentecost, they watch these guys preach and they say, these guys are fishermen. Something is different. Although they were fishermen, the difference between them and other fishermen was the fact that they sat at the feet of Jesus. And they heard the words of Jesus that was spirit and was life. Our greatest assignment in ministry is not to preach. Our greatest assignment in ministry is to sit at his feet. Because you know what? To our flesh, sitting at the feet of Jesus does not look like work. Can I prove it from scriptures? You remember what Jesus, what Jesus said to them? What, what, what can we do so that we might do the works of God? You know what the reply of Jesus? Come on, pastors. You know the reply of Jesus? This is the work. He said, what shall we do so that we might do the works of Jesus, of God? He said, leave works. Leave the works. He said, this is the work. One work. One thing is needful. This is the work. Believe. On the son that is sent. That believing is work. And how do we get to believe? How do you believe someone if you keep hearing them? Why do you trust your best friend? You don't trust your best friend because you call him best friend. You trust your best friend because you've talked long enough to the point where you believe him. So, you see, sometimes we go and preach and we feel, and that's why, you know, when Peter was at the beautiful gate, Peter met that man and said, silver and gold have I known, but what I have, I gi- I'll give unto you. He was sure. It was not a confession of faith. He was not confessing. I mean, the guy was sure that, listen, I don't have cash now, but I have something. Do you understand? It's like somebody's asking you for money. I say, oh, well, I don't have money, but I have biro. You're not saying, I believe I have biro. The guy came with such an assurance. He says, I don't have money, but I have something. What, what better that boldness? Conviction. So the work of God, that we produce the works of God, comes from believing. Believing comes from constant hearing. That's why even some of us sitting here this morning are doubting our call. Because it's been a long time we heard from God about our assignment. So we're not even sure if we're called. Are you following what I'm saying? You go to a conference and then they teach you. You know, everything is ministry. Business is ministry. Selling snail is ministry. You know, I say, I think so. I was in a dream four years ago and I was selling snail. Maybe that's the real ministry God is calling me to. I've seen people who were called into the ministry ten years down the, the line. They start doing something else. I say, well, the, the call was not very clear. You know what the problem is? They stop sitting at the feet of Jesus. Because if you sit at the feet of Jesus in spite of persecutions, you will still be doing the work. You remember the apostles when they were thrown in prison and they said, don't preach in the name of Jesus. They came and said, I mean, we can't stop. Who should we obey? In prison they were singing. These guys were torn asunder for the gospel. But they were doing it because of conviction. How do you bet conviction? Constant repetition of the same truths. Constant repetition of the same truth. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? 
constant what? Repetition of the same truth. How do you get this constant repetition of the same truth? Sitting daily at the feet of Jesus. Solomon said it. He said, blessed are those who watch daily at the gates of wisdom. Praise God. I said, praise God. That's our greatest assignment. To sit at His feet. Most times in ministry, we are trying to do things to impress God. And most times, a lot of things we do is out of competition with other people. These guys built, I need to build. These guys, and, <laughs> and at the end of the day, there is no supply of oil for that assignment. There's no grace in it. Let me tell you this, and that's why you've got to be careful. You can do a lot of things that God has not given you grace for. You can. You can. You know why? That scripture even tells us. It says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. Which means that some things can be done by power. Some things can be done by might. Not everything done in the name of God was authorized by God. Not everything. Not everything done in the name of God was authorized by God. How many of you remember when, was it Gideon now? When it to go, uh, uh, yeah, Gideon. And then about thousands of people followed him to battle. And the Lord says, these guys are too much. And he kept trimming down, kept trimming down, he came to 300. Do you know, let me explain something to you in that verse. Do you, do you realize that the confidence of Gideon, the more the Lord was, was trimming that down, the more God was transferring his confidence. Are we, are we here? Yeah. He's saying how like thousands of armies. Man, we're going to take this battle. Oh, wow. Go away. We're taking over. And then the Lord trims. Like, okay. <laughs> we will still take over. And the Lord trims. And the Lord trims to 300. Then you know, I say, God, you know this, you know this thing? Let's just clarify this thing. If, if you are not involved, you know what done for. And God says, that's exactly where I wanted your heart. Some of us right now, if our churches grow, God will lose us. Cause right? The more the church is growing, the more your heart is getting transferred. The more your heart is getting transferred. And by the time you hit some numbers, it's the same thing with wealthy people. You have one wealthy guy in your church, you make the guy dry. And for the safety of others, God will just keep them away from you. Every time, uh, we want to do this. I, I was telling, I was telling a friend of mine, I said, one thing you must realize about faith, if it is faith in God, it does not give hints. Are you following what I'm saying? Faith does not give hints. E- see, anytime you're giving a hint, you've moved from faith, just ask straight. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to share with you, the, you know, we have not paid our rent, but we are trusting God. We are trusting God. We, we are really believing God. God will not let them disappoint us. He will not. And you start quoting scriptures. It's very simple. Just ask the person. Just ask the person. You see, you must learn to train your faith in such a way that even if you don't have people without, with resource around your assignment, you still believe God can get things done for you. I remember Mark Harkins was sharing a t- testimony. He said one time, the biggest giver in his church left. Biggest giver in his church left. And uh, now let me balance that up before I 
Of course, there are people you can share what you're trusting God for, and they know your faith, guys, right? So, I have friends I share things with, and they know if I share it with them, it's not because I'm asking them to give me, but I want us to believe God together for them. So that's, that's, that's that. And if you have a local church, you, of course, you share what the local church needs with the local church, because they're members of the local church. So that's just the balance of that. Now, it's important for us to also understand that in the place of sitting with Christ and in Christ and receiving his word, faith for the assignment is bettered in our hearts. So the more you hear from God, the more you are convinced that you can take mountains. And that this mountain is going to become plain. That faith is not external. There's something that has been teaching us about the light transfiguration coming from the inside. Everything in your ministry has to originate from your spirit realm. And how do you get that impartation? As you sit at the feet of Jesus, he pours his very life into you. That very life now becomes the expression of your ministry. Are we still together? Say amen if you're here. You guys are quiet this morning. Say amen. Alright, thank you. Are you thinking of your life? Ezekiel 2 2. Ezekiel 2 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2. Oh, thank you, Spirit of the Living God. And the Spirit entered into me. When did the Spirit enter into him? When he spoke to me. Right? So, the transmission of spiritual power is in speaking. Now, if the Spirit entered into me when he spoke to me, it means that anytime I want an infusion of the Spirit, I'm not the one doing the talking. Okay, I'll say that again. It means anytime I am receiving an infusion of the Spirit, I am not the one doing the talking. Right. Rather, what am I doing? I'm doing the listening. I'm doing the listening. And that's the crux of this thing about one thing is needful in ministry. is the ability to sit on the word of God and just listen to the Father. Receive the Father's heart. Take your identity from the Father. Take your confidence from the Father. Are, are, are we together? You're not taking your confidence or your identity from anything external. But you know, the amazing thing is, if you constantly sit at the feet of Jesus and hear the words of Jesus, this natural world is going to respond to you. Because you are going to carry the voice of God. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. The Spirit entered into me. So, spirits can be transferred. Spirits are transferable. (laughs) Am I right? Say, the Spirit of Elijah is on this guy. He says, if you see me, go. Now, how? Now, how was Elijah, Elijah getting the impartation from Elijah? Conversation. They were talking. While the other prophets were at the school of the prophets, 
So they had classes once a while. But the Bible says this was Elijah who poured water on the hands of Elijah. What is the process of pouring water? It means he's constantly serving. Right. Constantly talking. So you realize that even when he was going, they were talking. Oh, stay here. I want to go to Jordan. No, stay here. I want to go to... No, I'm going with you. I'm going... They kept talking. They kept talking. And the Bible says while they were talking, a chariot came and separated them. The only time he spoke, the only time he spoke was in response to his questions and when he cried, Father, my father. In that conversation, Elijah was the one that dominated the conversation. When we sit at the feet of Jesus, we must allow Jesus dominate the conversation. I'm not teaching you about prayer. Prayer is you talking to and with God. This thing I'm teaching you is you listening to God. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline, incline your ears to my saying. It means you set yourself to hear God and you allow God speak to your spirit. It will make all the difference in your life and ministry. I realize that as I begin to grow in ministry, my desire starts changing. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. What's the process? Delighting yourself in the Lord. You know what? As you keep delighting yourself in the Lord, His desire becomes your desire. And at the end of the day, whatever you desire is what the Lord desires and you get it 100%. You know, early ministry, Ah, you have the goal. You want to preach everywhere. You want to travel everywhere. You know, and as the Lord keeps opening the doors and keeps speaking to you and keeps showing you the impact of spending time with Him, you now begin to just, your desires will begin to change. You just want to please the Father. Amen. You just want to please the, you know, that was sharing very powerful message with us. I mean, awesome. Yesterday's message was, I think it's one of the best is preach. You should get it. You, should, you start checking things like, my love work. How's my love work? Do I love just those who are good in my church or I love the bad guys? Praise God. You, you know, you, this, this things become of more concern to you than you have a new revelation. You, you're, you're measuring yourself. Am I serving the people that God has called us to be or am I as Lord? You see, as you begin to hear the words of Christ, as you sit at his feet and listen to the words of Christ, you now start, your standard of measurement will be different. You start measuring yourself with the Lord. Am I right? You start, am I like Christ? Am I becoming like Christ? Am I becoming like Christ? Am I be, you know, when Paul says, I count all these things but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. You know why he could do that? Because the, the more he saw Christ, the more he saw, oh, there's nothing about my degree. He saw Christ the more. There's nothing about my being Hebrew of the Hebrews. He saw Christ the more. There's nothing about the things I studied in Gamalia. You know, if you don't spend time with Christ, you will boast in the things you should count as dung. You boast in your cars, you boast in your house, you boast in your trips, you boast, you boast everything. Why? Because you are seeing the wrong thing. One of the things we must tell ourselves as ministers of the gospel is that we are not celebrities. Your competitor is not Davido. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, people make some kind of funny statement. Eh, if Davido can be using this kind of car, is it too much for a preacher? Are you joking? Since when? Since when? When did he become your model? 
of comparison. We don't even see him as someone who needs salvation. We see him as someone we want to be like. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what brought some of these things. I don't have anything against it, but sometimes I don't understand why we do it. That's what brought some of all these things. You have a guest minister coming to church. There's red carpet everywhere. They are throwing flowers. Some girls are holding banner. Welcome. Some, I mean, I, I don't get it. Say it's excellence. Yeah, but the man can just come. I mean, you can honor people without all of that. You see what? We will never beat the world in those things. That is their terrain. You are joining battle with them. Tomorrow they'll start, I mean, before you know, they'll start putting girls on mini skirts as much as girls. You want excellence of lap also. We don't want people with dry laps helping, helping people to come to church. So we want excellence of laps. Are you following what I'm saying? You can't pursue the world in that thing. It's, they are doing it in darkness. There is an honor that comes from God. That's what we should seek. Are you following what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't have anything against it. You can do all of that, but we must get our priorities right. Because I believe that if we are sitting at the feet of Jesus, there are more things the Father wants to speak to us. Remember what he told the disciples? He said, I have many things to share with you. Say, but you cannot bear them now. There are things in the heart of the Father he wants to pour in our hearts. I remember an intercessor by the name of Reed, Reed Howells. Massive intercessor. Reading his biography last couple of months, something will be will be happening in a city. For instance, let's say an earthquake is going to happen in Port Harcourt, for example. The Lord will speak to this person, speak to Reese and say, An earthquake is going to happen. I need you to go to that city, get a room, and start interceding and stop it. And the lady will go, uh, Reese will go and go pray, pray, and avert that. But the ones we have today are the ones that will show you how many people died in the earthquake to prove that they are prophets of God. I don't understand that. So we prophesied the plane was going to crash and the plane really crashed. And you're showing that. Where is your human compassion? Families are dead. And you're using the death of people to authenticate the fact that God called you? Something is terribly wrong. If your father was in that plane, would you show it that God showed you and it came to pass? If you had, you know what it means to lose someone in an egg, 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 egg disaster, and we use that to prove that the Father has called us. If your wife was in that plane, if your child was in that plane, if your father was in that plane, would you even have the confidence to hold the mic? You would beat yourself that God showed me this thing and I could not stop it. You would beat yourself. You will not use it as a proof of your call. You will use it as a proof of your failure. Of being a prophet. That's how that's how low we've come. Three hundred people dead, and yes, we are celebrating. God told me He came to pass. Say that man can see. Don't worry, He will see when you will get on the plane. Now everybody saying, God forbid. You see the point? We we don't mind other people dying to authenticate our idol prophets, but then if it is us. We don't mind him getting it right when we are on that plane. You see, you see, you see the hypocrisy of humanity. 
But how can God begin to separate good and bad in our eyes? Is as we sit at his feet. Remember what read about the Zadok priesthood? He said he will teach my people to discern between the profane. And some of these things are profane. But it's when you sit at the feet of Jesus, he can teach you to discern. It's like Gehazi. When he wanted to receive an offering. The prophet said, did my spirit not go with you? Did, did I not go with you? He said, and I like that. He said, is it time to take offerings? That means there's a time to take offering. He said, but this particular window is not, what you have collected is offering in the natural, but is leprosy in the spiritual. How can you, how can a minister of the gospel run with such energy after leprosy? Such calculation. Excuse me, excuse me. Visitors just, just came. Uh, two wraps of cloth will be go. Okay, just, uh, no, okay, I did now. I didn't ask for milk before, but you since you said, ah, who am I not to take milk? Bring it. And he was just collecting various shades of, of leprosy on his generation, the next generation. He was just collecting leprosy with joy. But why was he doing that? If he was sitting at the feet of his master hearing words, he would not have been going to collect offering. I'm sure he lied to Elijah. I'm coming. I just want to check something here. Because, are you following what I'm saying? Because if he was serving, if he was serving the master, if he was talking to the master, you know what communication with Jesus does to you? It makes you not to run unnecessary errands. You, it will prevent you from leprosy. Collecting seed all the time, seed all the time, seed all the time, seed. Some of you are collecting incurable diseases. Just collecting anybody and the loop. You won't even pray. You know, one day I was, I was going somewhere to preach, and uh, I preached for that church a couple of times. Uh, Bishop's Church, the bishop that the pastor, they called me every time for their conversion. The first time they invited me, the Lord said, "I mean, the man was a good friend of us. Oh no." Honor him. And the Lord says, every time, just be of a blessing to the church. Never receive an offering from them. Just do it in honor of the man. I preached for them like three times now. And every time I finish preaching, I just tell them, no, uh, I'm not receiving an offering from them. I went, <laughs> I went to preach somewhere in Ghana, and I shared it with that. I went to preach somewhere in Ghana, and the message didn't go down well with the local church. I preached a couple of confusion here and there, not understanding the message. When I was about to go, the man... The pastor, gracious man, wanted to give me an honorarium. I said, no, I'm not receiving. I'm not receiving. Now, I'll tell you this. I bought my ticket to go to that meeting. Maybe like 90,000. And then I was to go to Dubai after that meeting. So, no, we didn't agree on the date of the meeting. So I thought I wasn't going to Ghana again. So I, I was to leave for Dubai on, on, on a Saturday. And then he said, oh, we still want the meeting to happen. So I had to pay 56,000 to change my ticket back to Sunday to fly to Dubai on Monday. So that means for that ticket alone, maybe a hundred and something thousand I've gone on. And then we went for the meeting. I ended up not preaching all the days and all kinds of funny stuff. But when I was to leave, the man said, you wanted to give me an honorarium? I said, no, I'm not receiving. And he said, why? I said, for two reasons. The Bible says that if we are honored, that's when you should honor us. And Galatians tells us clearly, if we minister spiritual things to you, then you can make some material things back to us. Two things in that place don't tally. This thing is not business for us. It's not like I preach, oh yeah, 
where my money? Even if I didn't complete the preaching, you have already brought me. Oh yeah, give me, give me. No, no, no. Don't do you, 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 you just collect. You, will, I don't know. But don't do it. It's not business. Eh, as you have brought me now, even though I didn't preach, even though you didn't understand the message, what's my business? Oh yeah, how much? No, we, we're not hirelings. Are, are you following what I'm saying? We're not hirelings. We must be sensitive to the Father. And it happens as we constantly listen to Jesus. He will tell you what to take. He will tell you what to reject. He told the disciples, he says, as you go to the lost house of Israel, whatever they set before you, he says, receive. He had told them what to take. Are you following this now? Alright. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And verse 18. Are you learning something from this? Say amen if you are. 1 Samuel 2, 18. Where is my 1 Samuel? Okay, thank you. 1 Samuel 2, 18. Now, Samuel did what? Ministered what? Before the Lord. Let's meditate on that statement. Let's think over it. Let's think over it. The introduction of Samuel to the ministry was the fact that he ministered before the Lord. That's how he was introduced. Even though he was serving Eli, he's got his priorities right. He was ministering before the Lord. The emphasis was the fact that Samuel was ministering before the Lord, sitting at the feet of the Lord. Go to verse 35. Verse 35, this was when the the whole saga of Eli crept up. (laughs) Oh, Eli, Eli. You know, Eli got wearied. <laughs> when they even reported his sons to him, the man was tired. <laughs> he was told, oh, don't do this. Don't, don't take offerings. You know, Eli's children also, it was offerings that started their, their problem. The meat they were sacrificing before the Lord. That taught us about discipline yesterday. Church money is not your money. Are you following what I'm saying? You must, even in finances in ministry, learn to separate the sacred from the secular. When people give money, you are not sure. Ask them, is this one for me or for the church? Are you following what I'm saying? And when they give it to the church, be clear. Don't make them feel guilty. They're sacrificing. They'll look at the portion of the meat. Maybe Ophinia and Phineas. Phineas like the tongue. So I need tongue there. From there, they moved into all kinds of sexual impurities. And when Eli was told, the man was already worn out. Well, look at what God now said. He says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. I will raise for myself. Remember what we started with in the first day of this conference? You are not irreplaceable. God can replace you. There are no copyrights to God. 
Let me tell you, you are not the only true prophet God is using. We, you know, we, there's a way we have a mindset that we are the only correct church in town. It's a lie. There are 7,000 who have not bowed their knees to bow. You are not so special. You know, we have this mindset. If not us, we are the ones with the, with the end time prophetic mysterious revelation. It's a lie. You are just deceiving yourself with English. There are many people who are doing very solid things that are not even on Facebook. I have a, I have <laughs> one of the guys I look up to in ministry. I don't want to mention his name because he's a popular guy. Is is in this country. Most times when I'm talking with him, he's either preaching in Zambia, he's in Kenya, he's in Brazil, he's in he can't and when you just check his Facebook profile, he just puts scriptures. Just put scripture, just put in script. You won't even know where he is. And there are people, Kotonu, for forty days before the program, countdown with storm Kotonu with the power. 38 days to, to go, Kotonu shall hear. 37, fire, Kotonu get ready. And by the time you go to the meeting that they are threatening everybody for, is at the edge. It's not even Kotonu like that. If you really, if, if the geography was properly done, it's actually Lagos. And then thank, you like Facebook, more grace. Prophets, right on, they shall hear, fire shall fall. <laughs> you see, <laughs> the more you ascend in God, those things will begin to lose value. Your consign should be God. Give me a word for these people. You will be spending more time before the Father, trying to hear what He will say to those He's sending you to, than trying to tell the whole world where you're going to. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying our priorities must be right. Are you following what I'm saying? Our priorities must be right. So that we can stay long in this assignment. It's a long assignment. It's a treacherous assignment. It's a dangerous assignment. We have to be careful of the tongues. God sent Moses to go and rescue the people. And the angel came after him because his son was not sacrificed. We must know what is pleasing the Lord and what is not pleasing the Lord. We must know if we are still keeping stead with Him. I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Look at this. Who shall do according to what? I, I, I didn't hear you please. According to what? And? No, let's read again. He shall do according to what is where? In my heart and I want to emphasize mind. What is mind? Your mind is made up of your will, your emotions. Do you understand? So you know what that is even telling us? It's that you sit at the feet of Jesus for so long, you can even test his emotions. He says the faithful priest is the one who will do what is in my heart and in my mind. How do you know what is in the heart and the mind of a man as you hear him talk and you know that's what happened to Paul Paul wanted to go to Bithna to preach and the Holy Spirit said no don't go to Bithna go to Macedonia you know what even though preaching was a good thing it was because Paul was listening to the father that the father said what is in my heart and mind for this season is Macedonia 
Are you following what I'm saying? There are seasons in ministry God will call you. Do you know there are seasons in ministry God will instruct you? It's time to give radically. There are seasons in ministry God will say, It's time to pray, it's time to study, it's time to fast, it's time to do this. It's and those navigations of the spirit that will make your ministry fruitful come from you sitting at the feet of Jesus. Come from you sitting at the feet of Jesus. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 4. We'll do one more scripture and then we'll get it. First Samuel 3, 4. And when the Lord called Samuel, he answered, Here I am. I like that phrase. Let's, let's go, go, go to verse 3 before we come here. Or verse 2. Let's start from verse 2. Sorry. Let's do one. Now the boy Samuel was attending to the service of the Lord. Verse 1, 3, 1. First time, 3, 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. And there was no frequent or widely spread vision. Verse 2. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had dimmed so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. Verse 3, the Lamb of God had not yet gone out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was lying down. Verse 4, when the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And then verse 5, he ran to Eli and said, here am I for you called me. And Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And you understand the story. Eli had to now interpret that to him and says, when he calls you, just say, Lord, here am I. Speak. Go to verse 19. Samuel grew. The Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. What an amazing testimony. But how did Samuel get to this realm of life and ministry? He ministered before the Lord. Where the Lord? You know why his words did not fall to the ground? Can I tell you something? Do you know... Do you know anybody's words who will never fall to the ground? It's only God's word. Do you know why Samuel's words did not fall to the ground? Samuel only said what he heard the father say. Is that not what Jesus said? I do only what my father do. And I say only what my father said. How do you get to the point where you can only say, only preach what God is asking you to preach, only do what God is asking you to do in ministry? It's as you sit at the feet of Jesus. It's as you sit at the feet of Jesus. Psalm 103 verse 7, it says, Moses knew his ways, but the children of Israel knew his acts. Moses knew his ways, but the children of Israel knew his acts. How did Moses know the ways of God? God himself told us. He says, with other prophets, I speak in visions and similitudes. He says, but with Moses, I talk to him face to face. It is in talking to the Father face to face that we know the ways of God. And if there's anything you're taking away from this conference, it is to build that life of communion. Saints, 
This journey of ministry is a long one. It's a long one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even the finances you need for ministry, the more you grow, the more they grow. Our ministry right now, I can't tell you, in our local church, how much we pay for staff, how much we pay monthly to staff working for us. Are, are you following what I'm saying? You can't, you see... <laughs> It has to come from God. We're broadcasting daily now on a particular station. We're negotiating for another station, TV broadcast. Because there will be a time in our media bills where maybe in a quarter means every three, three months, we're requiring about a millionaire for our media broadcast, radio and television. How long can you beg people for that? Are you following what I'm saying? I was, I sent a mail to TB and I was trying to find out their rates. And they were saying, for anything above 11.30, they're about 10.30, they're about, it's about a millionaire once a week for three months. Prime time, where people watch, goes to 3.5 to 4 million every three months. Who are you going to ask that money? Are you following what I'm saying? I said, are you following what I'm saying? So the first thing, you have to make sure that the Lord is sending you to go on TV first. That's the first thing. It's not the goal you set. If not, the goal will kill you. I love what Bishop Wadeboy used to say many years ago. I've never forgotten that statement. He said, if the Lord has not sent you to open a hospital and you go and open, he said, you'll be the first person they will admit there. <laughs> Since I, I, I say test you, high blood pressure, you'll be the first patient they will treat. Are you following what I'm saying? So the first thing about ministry is not, I want to go on TV, I want to do this, I want to do that. You can't want. You have to sit at his feet. And then he tells you, son, get on that station. And as he says that to you, the gift of faith is imparted. The resource follows you. It cannot be a goal. Are you following what I'm saying? Because before you know, you will set many goals for yourself on ending and you begin to put pressure on people you begin to harass people and do you know also the same god that told you to go can tell you your season of tv is over come home that's where the problem is we only know how to go forward we don't know how to come back are you following what i'm saying because god took philip from a revival in the city of samaria and said listen guy i'm sending you to a desert to preach to one man. And as the guy finished preaching, there was no time to collect offering, no time to take his number. He merely just finished preaching. The Spirit of God took him. For I said, King, I, I heard you are a treasurer. So yeah, say, say, you know, you see, God has positioned you in that government for a purpose. You know, we don't want to, we don't go charismatic, we don't want to threaten people. Then your media guys will release the bands. When you say purpose, their hearts will shake. See, that purpose is because the wealth of the wicked is about to be trans. I see you as a transferrer of wealth. And then the message God sent you to preach will not be tainted. Are you following what I'm saying? It takes grace for someone to leave a city revival to go and preach to one man in the desert. He could have sent his assistants, he could have sent those he trained, but he had to respond to the Lord. We must know 
that we are called servants of the Lord because we are called to serve. So the Lord can say, start this. And then the Lord says, shut it down. The season is over. Move to something else. Our greatest struggle is we don't like to shut things down because then our friends will say, ah, ah, what happened? To us, when we close things down, it is failure. But to God, it is seasonal. God can move you from pastoring your church and say, it's time. Give the church out. You know, we, we, don't, we don't think God can give us that instruction. The Lord took Kenneth again after 12 years. In fact, after 10 years, God told him to begin to move into pastoral ministry. He was in the most comfortable frame of his pastoral ministry. Most comfortable. He did that for two years. And you know how the Lord finally moved him? He was preaching one day. Very funny. God read that story. He was preaching one day. And he was on a staircase like this. He was trying to come down. You know how he ministers if you watch his TV. He was trying to come down. He fell and broke his arm. So he went to, so they took him, to, he managed to preach, took him to the hospital. While he was at the hospital, the Lord Jesus appeared to him. And he said, this is the only way I could get your attention. Go and read this book, I Believe in Vision. You, you've read the story. How many of you have read the story? He said, this is the, the only way I could talk to you was to touch your arm. You are preaching everywhere. Oh God, calm down. I'm the one that sent you. I want to talk to you. And the Lord said, you should have left pastoral ministry. Two years ago, I'm going into full-time traveling ministry. And the Lord said something to him. He says, many ministers never get into the first phase of their assignment for, for, of my assignment for their lives. Imagine if the Lord speaks to you now and says, it's time to hand over the church. You are going to think, my labor, hi, now that people are coming, my name, what will I eat? What will I drink? You check the tithes. First fruits. Yeah. It can't be God. Can't be God. Can't be God. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But if you have constantly been sitting at the feet of Jesus, what's going to happen? It will be easy for you because you say, I know that voice. I know that voice. And if that voice is the one telling me to take this direction, what's going to happen? He will guide me all the way. Let's be on our faith. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 805 888 